Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, welcome in. Brian Mazarowski here. Let's get right into it on WBEN. We're joined by Pagula Sports and Entertainment Executive Vice President Ron Bracuia to talk about what everybody's talking about. A deal to keep the Bills in Buffalo long-term, a deal to build a new state for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Ron, thanks for being with me. I, I want to get right to the point and, uh, you know, maybe starting off with a little bit of background of how did we get to this point? You, you know, how do we go from, you know, 10 years ago, a lease being signed, there's this goal of finding a, a long-term solution to, you know, kind of finding ourselves in this proverbial 11th hour. Hey, Brian, good morning. Uh, how do we get here? I, we needed to get here. This was a, you know, a stadium situation that really should have been addressed uh, in you know, 2012, 2013, when those lease negotiations took place. For a variety of reasons, they weren't. Um, when the Pagulas bought the team, they certainly made it a priority. And you know, as you said, we're here now and, and we're ready to go. All right. The stadium itself, uh, what, are, what should fans be expecting out of a new stadium? How do you expect the fan experience to change on a Bills game day? We expect it to get infinitely better. Uh, the intensity, the intimacy of watching a Bills game, as Coach said yesterday, you know, having it loud, having the focus be on the field, plus having the state-of-the-art of amenities that are common in, in many, if not most, NFL stadiums today. That's really what our fans can expect. They can expect better food and beverage, wider concourses, you know, wider seats, better Wi-Fi. Uh, it can go on and on. Um, you know, more temperature-controlled spaces, as we've talked about, places to get warm, places to congregate, to celebrate together inside the stadium. What is the team doing on their part? You know, now that we're past the deal part of it and we go to planning on a new stadium, how are our fans involved? What's the team doing to ensure that, you know, the stadium is something fans are going to like? Well, even this week, our season ticket uh, holders, our suite holders, our corporate partners, a lot of community leaders – they're meeting with our consultants. They're meeting with Legends and CSL and Populous and our staff, going through what their expectations are for a stadium, what their wishes are, what their priorities are. Um, we've been talking to them right along. That will continue uh, certainly over the next you know, several weeks and months while we've developed the final plan. You touched on it yesterday uh, while speaking with the media, PSLs. What should fans expect there? That's kind of a new concept for Buffalo in a way uh, for a lot of season ticket holders. How much money are we talking? Uh, what is it exactly that fans should be expecting to pay in addition to their regular season ticket? Well, remember, a PSL is a one-time fee. Um, all of our season tickets going forward in the new stadium will have some component of a PSL to it. 
uh, as I said, you know, numerous times before, it'll be the lowest PSLs, you know, of any new stadium, it, you know, that's been built. Uh, we understand the market. We won't overprice them. Uh, we'll create great value for our season ticket holders with them with additional amenities. Uh, it's something that they'll have for 30 years. It's an asset. They can pass that on to their to their family, to their friends. They can resell them um, if they so choose. But yeah, definitely PSLs will be a part of our process, and we're very cognizant of not having them be overpriced in our marketplace. Well, so there's no price on it right now, but whatever that price is, you know, $20, $2,000, is that something that would be paid up front? Would I have like four or five years to pay that off? How, how would that work? It's a great question, Brian. You're going to have multi- the fans going to have multiple options. They can pay it up front. They'll be paid over time. Various uh, plans that will fit every, every fan's need. Ticket prices in general. Should fans expect an increase with the new stadium? Well, there's a natural increase every year in, t- in ticket prices. Um, will some, some tickets be higher priced? Yes. Uh, will some tickets be the same price? Yes. Will some tickets be lower priced? Yeah, probably. Um, there'll be a ticket and a price point for every fan, depending on what type of experience they want. Uh, we're Again, I just keep telling people over and over again, we understand the market. We understand the price sensitivity. We understand the restrictions. Um, our fans will not be priced out of this. The key to this is to fill that stadium every game, to be loud, to create the best home field advantage in the NFL, and you can only do that by having people in the seats. I mean, in a way, we're talking about ticket prices. It's I almost feel bad asking because it's got to be a tough question, right? We're talking four years from now, uh, 2026. Uh, whether it's ticket prices or you know what a video board is going to look like, uh, a lot of things. Is it tough to forecast what state-of-the-art will be in ways that it wasn't, you know, maybe a decade or two ago when planning on a new stadium? Absolutely. Um, That's why we need optionality in our design. Uh, Populous is working on different ways, you know, that even, let's say, the first five years of the stadium that we can adjust based on, you know, technology and the times and the fans and, and what they're looking for. Yeah, it's a really difficult process, which is why we continue to tweak our plan to talk to experts internally, externally, internationally, uh, talk to our fans to see what they, they want, not just our existing fan base, but our future fans. You know, we're doing some focus group with some younger younger people. There you want to experience it in a different way as well. But yeah, you know, the optionality and the flexibility uh, is going to be key going forward. I'm going to assume that state-of-the-art and, you know, uh, over a billion dollars, it probably doesn't include bleachers. <laughs> I hope not. Um, yeah, it, it's it's not part of the plan. Um, they've served us really well. They create a lot of noise. They fit a lot of people. Uh, but I think people mostly prefer seats. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I like banging on the bleachers. That's part of the game day. Uh, we'll, well see. Well, if you were banging on them, you may owe us a few dollars to repair them. I probably do. I probably okay. do. <laughs> um, well, I, I want to get to because, you know, I've taken a lot of comments over the last 24 hours. Uh, about people's expectations for this or that. And, you know, I say a lot here, when expectations don't match up with, you know, the reality of the situation, that's when people get disappointed. You know, I I still have people chiming into me saying, well, you know, if this had a roof and we're downtown, we could have a Super Bowl. Or we had the county executive yesterday was talking a lot about soccer. And now, you know, there's people saying, oh, the MLS is coming here too. Or they think that, like, Barcelona is going to start playing games in Buffalo. Um, what are realistic expectations 
for the type of events that will happen at this new stadium? The realistic expectation, events that happen in the bowl and on the field are very similar to the events that are hosted there now. That's just our market. But events that can be hosted in other parts of the stadium are going to increase you know, tenfold. Weddings, gatherings, conventions, meetings, celebrations, community celebrations, uh, all of that in a new stadium with the indoor space that we're planning uh, will make that stadium be used a lot. But in terms of, you know, events in the bowl, events on the field, it, it's not that much more than it is today. We'll still look at doing different things that become available to us. But, you know, the expectations about an MLS team and all of that, I don't have any idea where that came from. So we shouldn't really be talking about that now. It, you, all that talk about soccer yesterday, I, I was just thinking it would just make sense, right, to if you're going to build a new stadium, you'd have a field that would be able to uh, – you could play soccer, you could do whatever you want at it. You, you wouldn't restrict it in a way that you couldn't do those things. No. Um, and listen, I am not a soccer expert, so um, anything that I say about soccer, um, take that with a grain of salt. But here's what our fans want in their football experience. They want to be close to the stadium. They want to feel what we feel in Highmark, right? You want great sight lines. How do you do that? You make it more compact. You make it steeper. You bring the fans closer to the action. All of that is central around a football field, not necessarily a soccer field. A lot of what we heard yesterday from basically every party involved, whether it was uh, uh, you or the governor, the county executive, you know, opposite party members of the county legislature, uh, everyone seemed to say, all right, this is a good deal for Western New York. It's a good deal for the Bills. It's a good deal for the state. For somebody who's listening there, and we have a lot of listeners who don't watch football, who aren't rabid Bills fans, what would you say to them to say that, you know what, this this is a good deal. This is a good deal for everyone, not just, you know, the people who want to go on Sundays. Well, if you just look at it economically, for the Bills to be, you know, in New York State, in Western New York for 30 years, we're going to generate well over a billion dollars in actual cash back to New York State in taxes and the like. Based on the investment from our partners at the county and the state, they're going to get every single dollar back for this investment. We feel real strong about that, and I know the governor brought that up, and it's true. Um, this is an investment that actually has a return financially. Now, what does it mean for the community? I'll let the community decide that, but you know, I've spent my whole life here, and the bills have been you know, for us, the most important thing in this community. And, you know, whether you go to games or not, all you have to do is look around and feel the energy, um, feel the civic pride. I, I think that's irreplaceable. Uh, one of the um, criticisms has been the lack of ancillary development around a stadium. And the way I'm looking at that is, given the conversation that's been happening here in western New York for basically my entire lifetime, I why would I put a business next to a new stadium when everyone's talking about one potentially going downtown within the next decade? Now that those concerns are off the table, do you think from where you sit that that opens up for more to happen in the neighboring area around a stadium, a a 30-year-long agreement? I absolutely do. Um, The energy of the new stadium, the construction project in and of itself, reimagining the space uh, is going to create new opportunities for, for businesses to come in and develop around 
you know, around the stadium. I, I absolutely believe that. And I think you, you said it very well. When the stadium was built in the 70s, the idea of economic development around the stadium really didn't exist. And then, you know, for decades after that, there was always this question of, are the bills staying here? Will the stadium last? Will a new stadium be someplace else? And I do think that inhibited economic development. Now everyone knows. Everyone's going to be able to see it, and, and I feel there's going to be some positive momentum around that. When you talk about the space, the current stadium, what happens there? We don't have a final plan yet. Um, it's our responsibility to do something with it. We could do everything from you know a straight demolish and add parking to maybe some more commemorative park-like uh, amenities around where the stadium was to celebrate the history and all the great moments that were that were held there. Do you need the parking there? Uh, you know, now that you're taking away spaces on, on one side of the street, uh, would it? Should we assume that those spaces need to be replaced? Uh, we need some of that parking for sure. What happens when the stadium is under construction? People are going to the new. Do you think everything can move uh, smoothly over the next four years or so while the construction's going on? From your lips to God's ears, hopefully. Um, you know, it's it's a big project. Uh, we'll have to make some adjustments to parking. We'll, we'll start working on those plans once we know exactly the time frame of construction. You mentioned smaller events happening at different spaces in the stadium. That's something I read about. You know, people love to point out Indianapolis. Oh, look what they did. It's attached to a convention center. And uh, But most of those events, you know, 200 whatever a year, are, are really just kind of smaller meetings, um, you know, corporate events. You mentioned weddings. Is that kind of the picture here that, you know, this is going to be a space where, you know, some company's quarterly meeting can happen. Uh, maybe there is a space for a wedding reception in the off season. that this is kind of going to be accessible to a lot of the community? Yes, uh, you use a great word, accessible. It will be accessible in all of those ways uh, and create great variety in the types of events, small, medium, some large yeah, that's, that's what we envision. And, w- and we'll build it out so that it can accommodate those types of events in a very efficient way. What does this do to the football side of things? You, you know, I, this is a question in Western New York for such a long time. I would have to imagine players on the team probably are not that concerned, you know, thinking about the long-term future of the franchise. But a new stadium, it has to be a, a nice point of attraction for getting people here, maybe getting people to stay here? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think that's a better question, you know, for, for Brandon and Coach. Um, but, yeah, the, the players, the whole the whole organization is excited about this. You know, it, it's a great thing for the community. It's a great thing for our fans, so it's a great thing for us. Yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. When should we expect to see some sort of picture, rendering, um, design, you know, something along those lines? Hopefully in a couple of months. Um, we're working on it every day. Populous has done a great job. Um, I know how anxious uh, our community, our even our, you know our internal staff, is to start seeing some some renderings and pictures. We'll we'll try to get that to the public as quickly as we can. We saw there was a report of something that was shown at the owners' meetings. Um, is it kind of your opinion that that's too preliminary to put out in the public and have everyone go crazy with? Yes, definitely, um, without a doubt. Okay. Ron, appreciate the time. I know you got to run uh, to some of these meetings that are going on, but it was great to have you on for uh, a little bit. And, hey, good luck uh, with these next steps. Thanks, Brian. Look forward to talking again real soon. Ron Rakuya is executive vice president of Pagula Sports and Entertainment.
joining us this morning. Your reactions, the stadium announcement, the plan, anything you heard there from Ron Rakuya when it comes to, well, what's going to happen in the coming four years before this goes up? Uh, do you have something he said or something you've heard over the past 24 hours you don't like? Do you have something you do like? Let me know, 803-0930, Beamaz and Beamer. Brian Mazeroski here hanging out with you on WBEN. Back here, Brian Mazeroski with you on WBEN. If you missed it, you can hit the rewind button on your app. Don't think you can do that on your car radio, uh, but on the app, it'll be up on demand uh, relatively soon. Ram Rakuya, uh, Pagula Sports and Entertainment Executive Vice President, um, with me to talk a little bit about this stadium deal, some of the questions people have. There's not a whole bunch in the terms of answers. There's a lot that is up in the air. But I do think it, it clarified a few things. And, you know, we'll start with one. Again, we've talked about this before. If you were listening earlier this morning, I thought it was a great conversation with John Simperman. John has uh, worked on deals in Cleveland, on their basketball arena there. He's uh, worked on the naming rights deal for Staples Center. out in, It's not Staples Center anymore. It's something else. Uh, but, you know, it's a big arena out in L.A. So he, he knows his way around these things. And he knows the market that Buffalo is compared to even Cleveland. We like to think that we're the same thing. We're, we're not really uh, when it comes to Cleveland or even Pittsburgh and the realities of, of what could happen, of what a new stadium means and what it brings. And I've tried to say for months here on this show, listen, you are, whether you're for it or against it, just know what it is. This project is a football stadium for the Buffalo Bills. It's a football stadium for the Buffalo Bills to play football in. And what else? You might get a few concerts, just like we do now. Metallica's coming this summer. You know, maybe Paul McCartney plays the new stadium. He likes to open things up, be the first one to play there. I don't think he'd come back after, but that's when he does a stadium show. You get a few of those, and you're going to get Buffalo Bills football. And, you know, maybe there's some other events, too, but it's... It's Buffalo Bills football. That's what it is. Uh, and I thought John did a good job earlier this morning, and you heard it from Ron Rakuya on this show, that, listen, this is this stadium is going to be, and let's put it to a rest now. You can say coulda have been or should have been, but it's not going to be downtown. It could have or, or should have had a roof or a dome, but it's not going to be a roof or dome stadium. That's not what it is now. That's not in the plans. This is a stadium that's going to be in Orchard Park for a myriad of reasons. It's a stadium that's going to be in Orchard Park. It's going to be open air. It's going to have some covering for fans to kind of protect them from the elements like Basically, every open-air stadium that's been built um, around the world in the last two decades or so. It's kind of looked like that. It had a roof over the fans, but not over the playing surface. 
And that's what it's going to be. And both John Simperman, Ron Mercuia, on with us this morning that said, listen, you can agree or disagree with that based on how warm or cold you want to be on a game day, based on what you think about what it does to the play on the field, on any number of those factors. But if you're saying that, oh, if we just built a roof stadium and plopped it downtown instead of an Orchard Park, we could have hosted the Super Bowl or the Final Four or something like that, that's not living in reality. Not happening. It's not. And that's not because of a location of a stadium. That's not because of the weather. That's not because of a roof. That's because it's Buffalo. With all due respect to us, you know, I live here too. It, it, Buffalo doesn't have, you heard John Simperman say, Buffalo doesn't have the infrastructure for that type of event. Buffalo doesn't necessarily have the infrastructure for an NHL All-Star game. I mean, don't you think one of those would have happened here by now? It would have. Those events are not coming to this new stadium for that reason, not because of anything in the stadium plan. And nothing in the stadium plan, as long as it was here in western New York, was going to change that. I got all these tweets yesterday, the county executives going off and off about soccer. And so, well, he's talking so much about soccer, there, there must be plans for an MLS team. There you know, must be plans for games. I said, well, no. It's just that the current stadium, you literally cannot play a soccer game in. And so they're going to build a new one so that you could, if you want to, someday. I'm sure a soccer game will be held there. But the MLS is not coming to Buffalo. They're, they're going to big cities with soccer-specific stadiums. They, they're not looking to play in somebody else's football stadium in a smaller city. No, Barcelona is not coming to play in Buffalo, as somebody tweeted me yesterday. <laughs> they're not traveling to the U.S. to come to Buffalo. Again, all due respect to us. Let's live in reality. 9.30 on WBEN. Welcome back. Brian Mazurowski here with you up until 10 o'clock. We just spoke with Ron Mercuia of Pagula Sports and Entertainment all about this new Bills Stadium deal. If you have thoughts on anything he said, anything you saw yesterday, changed your mind, irked you, uh, that made you happy, let me know, 803-0930, 803-0930 on WBEN. You can give me a call or send a text my way. I'm Listen, I'm getting serious about buying this guy's soul. In case you missed it earlier this morning, this person in the Netherlands is selling in, you know, these NFTs. I mean, these they're ridiculous. But he's selling his soul as an NFT. And, you know, I went to the page, I, I, you know, got suckered, clicked the link. And I'm looking, you know, what's the price? How much does it cost to buy a soul these days? It's like, it's 380 bucks. I mean, you know, it's a lot of money, but still for a soul? I was expecting like at least 10 grand. If I'm selling my soul, I hope to get at least a car out of it. And this guy gets nothing. And I, you know, I, I don't know how legit it really is. But how many times can you say you bought somebody's soul? I mean, that's that's what songs are made of. For the same price as Joe Beamer paid for a piece of paper to prove he's a Packers fan, I could have a whole soul, resell it, use it. I don't know. 
I'm thinking about it. The tab's still open from like 5 a.m. this morning on my computer here to show you how serious I am. Um, it's on the radar in case I sound distracted. Just thinking about buying souls as NFTs. That's just me, though. But uh, did you feel that you sold your soul for this uh, new Bills stadium? I don't. Um, I, you probably got that vibe from me over the last several months. Uh, but I I don't feel necessarily dirty about it the way that a lot of people do. I don't think it's right in many ways. But at the same time, I, you know, you, you look at some of the figures and listen, what the state says is is generally true. I mean, they laid it out in a report. If they're going to put $600 million, in total, taxpayers are going to put $850 million in there. That if you're looking at this the right way, by the way, this if you are, you know, like the, the Berkeley crowd who, uh, you know, points to their studies about how stadiums are always terrible deals. If you look at it as, you know, oh, what's the benefit to building a stadium? Of course, you're going to get zero <laughs> right from your answer. But if you look at this as the question really is, and that is you're spending this money to keep the bills in Buffalo, right, which is how I look at it. You listen to the county executive yesterday. That's what he said that he looks at it as. And I really do think it's the only way to look at it, that you're not spending money on a stadium. You're spending money to keep the bills. Then... Yes, in a way, unlike a lot of other things the government spends money on, it does kind of pay for itself over a while. And, you know, it does bring up the question, what's worse? I I mean, nothing comes scot-free and easy. If we totally uh, capitalize uh, or turn to capitalism, the, you know, NFL, if if there was never any public money, which a lot of people say uh, should happen, and, you know, I... On the surface, I would agree. There should be no public investment, no public financing for a stadium. It's not a hard thing to get people to agree with. Well, then, you know, that brings some baggage with it, too. Look at what happens over in uh, Europe and the crisis that they're dealing with right now. Because you can wind up in a couple of different scenarios, You know, over there, good luck getting the government to give you money to build a stadium for your team. That's not going to happen. I mean, you might get lucky and run into an old Olympic venue like one team did, but that's not going to happen. So, you know, what happened to uh, the Arsenal team over there? They built a brand-new state-of-the-art stadium, and they built it themselves. They paid for their stadium. Uh, As a result of that, (laughs) the team stunk. Because, you know, you're not going to spend money on the team. You, you spend all this money on a stadium, and you got to recoup a lot of that through ticket sales and everything else. You can't be spending and spending and spending on players, which is, you know, the part of the way you get ahead. It's a little bit different here. They have a salary cap, but you spend and you spend and you spend. And, and what happens over in Europe? You know, who is the owner of some of these big teams in England? Well, one of them's 
on a private yacht sailing in international waters so that he doesn't get arrested, the Russian oligarch, uh, Roman Abramovich. Half of them are all uh, Saudis now, which, you know, yeah, that's the money I'd rather take, right? Just the uh, the blood money from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I mean, if if the price goes up and up, you totally want to turn it into something that's privately financed. Listen, on principle, it sounds very nice, but you could end up with that. You just have to flip the channel and you see it. That's who owns all the teams there. You know, they're, they're keeping it there. They build their own stadiums because, well, they have all the money from the government. Not in England, but over in Abu Dhabi, over in the Middle East, to back it up and prop it up. Not saying that's exactly what would happen here, but, you know, look at the whole situation and how these things can go. It is an investment to keep the bills in Buffalo, more so than a new stadium. And I think if you look at it that way, it does make the money seem a little more reasonable. Because if every NFL owner was forced to build their own team, why would I as an owner build a stadium in Western New York when I can build a stadium in a place where I know I could charge twice as much? And, you know, that's just the fact of it. So I think if you look at the deal like that, you, like me, kind of come around to it a little bit. If you look at it in terms of this is 0.3% of one year state budget, the state's investment in this, it's a little easier to come around to it. And I wish people would treat other projects the same way they do this. Everyone knows what the state is spending on a bill stadium. <laughs> Nobody knows anything else. Nobody knows the other 99.7% of that budget. We know the point three, and we're outraged over it. You know, the, the other $200 billion, do what you want. We trust that New York State is going to spend it the right way. Or speak for yourself. Uh, the other thing we talked about with Ron Rakui was PSLs, these personal seat licenses. And, you know, man, am I going to be accused of uh, drinking the Kool-Aid uh, after I say this. But I I've never been a season ticket holder to Bills games. I I've always kind of just, you know, if there's games I want to go to, I go to a couple of games, uh, maybe two or three games a year. And, you know, I just buy single game tickets uh, for resale, sometimes from the box office, from any which way. And, you know, that's how I go to games. I would actually be more likely to purchase season tickets with these PSLs than I am right now, even though it would cost more. Why? Well, you're never going to get them as cheap as you would get them the first time they're available, presumably. It does become a, a little bit of a, it's like buying this guy's soul, right? You hope that he does well in life and is a good person. And the value goes up. You know, the bills do well. The value of that PSL, because you can't have a 
season ticket without one would go up, and then you could sell it to somebody else. That's kind of attractive to me. And, you know, this reported figure is around $1,000. We didn't get a clear answer on the figure. You would have a few years to pay it off. It's not like it's give me $1,000 and then you can buy season tickets. I, uh, I come around to a little bit this being a decent idea. Now, imagine if PSLs have been around for the last 10 years for the Bills. When Doug Marone takes over as coach, and they're nowhere near selling out of season tickets for the stadium, and you buy in, and I don't know what your PSL would cost. You know, say it's a $1,000. You end up with a good deal. Uh, you decide, you know what, I don't need season tickets anymore this past year, and season tickets are sold out, and the team is good. How much would someone be willing to pay on top? You know, I don't know the answer to that. It hasn't happened. But in theory, that $1,000 you spent, what, seven, eight years ago should be worth, I mean, at least double. What? You know, how, how much money is somebody going to spend to get into that stadium for the PSL, the personal seat license, to be able to buy those season tickets? And that's why it's a trap. But then again, I do get kind of roped into the, you know, GameStop. I bought a little bit of the Dogecoin. It is easy to get roped into all that stuff, right? So maybe I'm not the best person to ask. But I, I think PSLs for so long have been this, you know, dirty uh, uh, thing to say around Western New York. Like, how could it be? But you look at what some people are willing to pay for single game tickets. I don't know. Will it be? And again, it would be in the Bills' best interest to not price everybody out of this. You put the prices too high, then people here don't buy tickets at all, and then you, you're not making money. On the text board, right, it's, uh, it's a reset with a PSL. PSL, personal seat license. Baby, uh, basically, is... You have to buy the right to buy your seat. And then you have the, you know, quote-unquote rights to your seat. And then that's yours. And it is, generally speaking, transferable. So if I want season tickets to a Bills game, I would have to first, before I bought the actual tickets, I would have to buy a PSL. And then that's mine, and then I can buy season tickets. And then one day, if I didn't want season tickets anymore, well, I could just let it expire. But you could, in turn, because that PSL is yours, you could, in turn, sell that to somebody else who wants season tickets for, and say you spent $1,000 on your PSL, your right to buy season tickets. You can sell that to somebody else. Hey, you really want to get in? There's a waiting list. 
uh, that's going to be five thousand dollars for your. And, you know, I don't know what the number. What's what are people willing to pay? I guess we'll see in four years. But that's the general idea behind a new stadium. And to the person who texted in, me and you know Joe, when we were together once upon a time, we used to have this conversation all the time of the question of what will you get that's better with a new stadium? And, you know, quite frankly, from my opinion, the answer is no. You know, when I asked Ron Rakuya about, all right, $1.4 billion, state-of-the-art, I'm guessing that doesn't include bleachers. And, you know, he said, well, yeah, of course, I would hope that there's no bleachers inside the new stadium. And, you know, to me, that's not a good thing. I like the bleachers. I don't sit on them. I got this move on third down. I crouch down. I can pound on one bleacher in front of me. I do like a donkey kick move on the other bleacher behind me, all while yelling in the ear of the person who's in front of me. And it it works pretty well, at least over the past couple years, on third down. I I like the the feeling of the bleachers, the noise it makes, and and everything like that. I I like things that are a little old, uh, a little dingy. (laughs) For the people who it matters to, I guess what you get better with the new stadium is all the new amenities. Um, I'm sure the suites will be better. I probably won't sit in them. Uh, I'm sure uh, you talk about some of these things with PSE, and they mentioned events, meeting spaces. The interior of the arena is better for them to be able to sell and bring more people in in the offseason. I mean, that's something. But from a regular fan's perspective, I don't know, uh, but I'm not asking for much. I go into the stadium, I'm not buying a lot of concessions. You know, people complain about the food. I already made my food in the parking lot. I'm good. Uh, You know, there's no one's really complaining about the sight lines. Some people complain about the line at the bathroom. You know, I guess that's one thing. It, It never really has bothered me all that much. There's not a lot of complaints there. I, the reason behind building the new stadium is, well, it's going to cost, what? What was the report? $800 million to renovate the old stadium if you want to make the upper deck safe and pass inspection for people to sit in within five years. Or you can build a whole new one where it has some of these nicer things that, again, I'm not personally one who cares that much about the nicer things, but I know a lot of people do. I mean, that's what you get that's better, is you don't have to keep patching up the old one. But again, if it were up to me, I, a lot of people are saying, well, why don't we just stay? There's nothing wrong with the current stadium. I mean, that would be me too, except there is something wrong. Not from a standpoint of there's too few bathrooms, you know, not from the standpoint of oh, we don't have enough nacho warmers, um, you know, not from the standpoint of a nicer seat, but just from the standpoint of structurally sound over time, it doesn't have that much time. So that's really, to me, and I'm assuming the person who texted that in is kind of of the same mind as me, that's what you get better in a new stadium. Aside from that, I don't know. 
I, I think it's a lot of things that don't impact me that much. It will be nice. You know what you get with the new stadium? You get the Bills here for 30 years. You get the Buffalo Bills. And that's what it is in general. It's not all these months of talking about Dome, downtown, Orchard Park, open air, turf, grass, seats or bleachers, PSLs, all of this stuff. The physical building of the stadium is secondary. That's a secondary point to the real thing that yesterday's announcement does. And the real thing that matters to me, to a lot of people, is you're keeping the bills in Buffalo. The state and county are spending a collected $850 million to keep the bills in Buffalo. It's not for a fancy new stadium. It's not so the politicians can have nice new suites. It's to keep the bills in Buffalo. And I think that's the correct way to look at it. I think that is the right way to look at it. And if you look through that lens, it does make a little bit more sense than just, oh, we're giving money to build a new building for the team. Anyways, that's, you know, I mean, we're kind of putting a bow on it. Right? It's done. For the most part, I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more information. The county won't pay for any overage charges on the construction, which, of course, doesn't happen in any stadium. But big point, big win, of course they don't. Uh, But no, go back and listen. Ron Rakuya, John Simperman, great insight on this if uh, you're still thinking about the Bills stadium deal and uh, what really matters to you. And your money. Thanks for hanging out with me, Brian Mazrowski on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 